This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all. We are back, bitches. It's the Formation Lab from the Not 101 ESPN Studios. And yes, we've been on hiatus, and it is related to the 101 ESPN Studios. My name is Luke. I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Tim I know how you're doing. Don't tell me better than you deserve because you deserve better. But uh, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I am upright most of the time. And uh, for now, they tell me I'm living. So <laughs> I'm going to take that as a win um, for those. And I'll, I'll I'll start this off. It's been a hard time in my household. Uh, I had an animal who means a lot to me get real sick uh, with cancer and surgeries. Uh, and then I personally have... Uh, caught the thing that the globe has had for two or three years covid it finally hit my house um apparently <laughs> this variant just wipes you out like i am so tired yeah all no, of it, the time it killed me like not it, like literally but like dude you were so like i'm so i was so tired when it happened oh my god um, like gosh. i took my dogs for just a short spin around like my my block and i thought yeah. i was gonna die you know, it felt like a marathon effort. My lungs were just shot. So I can't wait for uh, the recovery. Of course, I sound horrible. So I do apologize to our loyal listeners. Um, but the good news, Luke, yes. is that I have discovered uh, in my time away from the office because you can't go into the office and working is kind of terrible. Uh, good news is that I've got uh, some great support from uh, my boss, Rory, who stepped in and has taken over my responsibilities. And my one directive was to rest. So I've been sitting here and on Amazon Fire TV, my biggest complaint for all of 2021 was that I could not watch Formula One on my Fire TV stick. It right, didn't what was have up with that? The the app wasn't ready yet. They hadn't finished all the coding. They hadn't finished what they wanted to do, which is just depressing to me because then I had to run the whole thing off of a laptop and, uh, you know, a, a Bluetooth speaker. And Luke, I'm in my mid 30s. Like mm -hmm. uh, the, the days of me watching sporting events in Europe on my laptop were back in college. You know, I, I want to watch stuff on a TV. So much to my utter delight. It does sh seem that uh, Formula One has uh, indeed finished their Amazon app. And let me tell you, it is a banger. It's it getting has, you through it, isn't it? It's getting me through it. I am currently watching uh, Jean Alesi and Kimi Raikkonen come together in the 2001 uh, Grand Prix. Sorry, hiccup. Uh, which Grand Prix was this? Let me actually back out of it and make sure I know what I'm talking about. This was the Japanese Grand Prix from 2001 when John Lacey and yeah. Kimi Raikkonen came together. Uh, I've been watching all the old uh, Grand Prix. What's really cool is that they actually in the remote now have all those sidebar options. So you can just click a button and you can switch very quickly uh, to the onboards, to the pit lane camera, uh, to any onboard you may want. So I've been having an absolute blast uh, kind of combing through the last couple of years and then going way throwback and looking for uh, times of the old maestro with Michael Schumacher and the up and comers with the young Kimi Raikkonen, Fernando Alonso, back when they were young guns and now they're the uh, seasoned. It is still hard to believe that Kimi and and Alonzo are now considered old and they're retiring and it, it just feels weird. 
Well, Alonzo hasn't retired yet, but I, I know what you're saying. Like, we're getting to that point, um, not to not to talk too much baseball here because there's a lot to talk about on our catch-up episode. Oh, so but, much uh, to talk about. But uh, it's getting to that point where uh, uh, this is Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright's last seasons as Cardinals, and, like, I can I can barely remember a time as a 26-year-old uh, 26-year-old man. I can barely remember a time when one of those two wasn't on the Cardinals in some way, shape, or form, you know, and – I can, but it's been most of my life. It's a weird feeling, isn't it? Tim, yeah. we're old. And, and I am substantially older than you, so this isn't does not bode well for me. But uh, hey, I think what, the... What? You know what, though? Props to your props to your immune system for holding up that long, Mr. Old Man, all right? Your your hey. immune system had no COVID until now, which is like, you ever hear that story of, like, that Japanese fighter pilot who, like, went down in somewhere in, like, the South Pacific, and, like, they found him in, like, 2004, and he was, like, the war still on? That was your immune system. You were the last holdout. <laughs> you were the last person on Earth who hadn't had COVID yet, Tim. Uh. You just blew my mind with that. That's exactly what my immune system was. That's your immune system. I, I'm going to sit here and just kind of let that erupt in my head while you inform the ladies and gentlemen of the awesome progress in your end of the world uh, yeah. that uh, has taken you to uh, lands lands far away. Yeah, so, uh, so we do owe you guys an explanation as to the hiatus. It was pure. It was going to just be a Christmas hiatus, but uh, I had a fantastic opportunity opened up to me uh, at Hubbard Radio, uh, the same company that I was with um, back home in St. Louis. And in St. Louis, I was part-time. I was the utility man, so I was pulling kind of close, to, pretty close to full-time hours as they would let me. Um, but here I am full-time, uh, and I am hosting my own show up here at uh, Hubbard Radio in Brainerd, Minnesota, which is kind of in central Minnesota. It's a it's a resort town, so it's a little smaller right now, but in the summers will heat back up. So yeah, Tim, um, I, this was a very difficult move for me to move away from you and all of uh, my wonderful, wonderful friends in St. Louis, but uh, I'm, I'm moved. I'm a Minnesotan now. I'm up here in the frozen north. I had to literally give a weather update today that warned people that temperatures could drop to 14 below tonight with wind chills of up to 30 below. Oh, my Lanta. That is... Uh, <laughs> that's okay. You got a snowpocalypse coming your way, too. At uh, least that's what you guys are calling it. It's cute. I couldn't have picked a better time to get COVID. Right? You know, I don't want to go driving in that because St. Louisans kind of lose their minds uh, in the snow. But no... Yeah, uh, up here, apparently. <laughs> like, <laughs> I spent, exactly. I, I spent Saturday on a frozen lake bed watching about 13,000 people ice fish at the world's largest tournament for ice fishing. Again, I don't get the appeal of fishing, but you know what? It was an excuse to go out. Uh, we worked the event, but did a, did a bunch of great stuff and meet some, some hardy friendly Minnesotans. Um, but Tim, do you know what else I did on Saturday? I, I don't know, but I, I am pretty sure that's exactly like, that's the textbook reason why uh, most people get frostbites on their testicles. <laughs> we, we said we said it was a i said it was a it's a nuts and nips kind of advisory right your nipples and your testicles could freeze clean off yeah kind of you weather. need to be a little bit uh more careful there bud it was actually need, uh, beautiful. it was actually beautiful out on saturday it was about 25 and uh sunny not much not much wind so it was it was really really actually kind of nice i do enjoy this winter believe it or not uh better than i think i do the st louis one because the st louis one and tim you will agree um is 
five to six days a week, it is overcast and cloudy and raining off and on and about 38 degrees, right? I would call it crummy, yes. Yeah, it, we. I, I tell people up here, we basically become Seattle in the winter, St. Louis does. Um, up here, yes, it is cold, but one, you're only walking like, I, I mean, like, if I actually time the amount of time I was outside and you were outside similarly, it'd be like three minutes, right? So you're not outside too long, but every day I've had so far has been sunny, like bright and sunny. In fact, this area of the of the world uh, up here in Minnesota gets, I think it's like 70, 75 more sunny days per year than you guys do down there. I've seen the bright sunshines, sunrises, sunsets every day. So like, I'm actually kind of a fan of it here. The snow is permanent and beautiful and uh i love it be but honest Tim, with the lady be honest with the ladies and gentlemen how long did you have to google to find those statistics uh actually i did it before i got up here because i was like what's the weather like and were so you we, trying to sell yourself on the town well no i i've i've been to brainerd before brainerd's a wonderful town uh brainerd international raceway is actually two miles up the road here um so <laughs> guess what not far from a track uh <laughs> Well, um, I, Formula I, Four and Superbikes go through there as well as NHRA events, for the record. Anyway, carry on. Well, I mean, first and foremost, it would be unnatural for you to live anywhere other than very close by a track. Um, yes. I would be severely concerned about your mental health should that become the case. Yeah. Uh, but um, I think I speak for all the ladies and gentlemen uh, when I say a heartfelt congratulations. Thank you. There is no one uh, at Hubbard Radio that deserves a promotion more than you. Uh, I know I know most of the behind the scenes that you did uh, for 101 ESPN. I know that you were a highly val- valued member of their staff. And uh, I can't wait uh, to see your career flourish and, uh, you know, kind of kind of sit back and say Luke knew me when. Um, but but I will let the ladies and gentlemen in on a little joke uh, that our intrepid producer uh, Dylan and I have come Dylan. up with. Oh, boy. And uh, if you would like to make fun of Luke and uh, tell him about how Minnesota is actually the barren wasteland that stuff hasn't gotten to yet, like technology, feel free to jump on Twitter and make fun of him at FormationLap101 is his Twitter handle. We're using jokes like, hey, Luke, uh, we actually went online and got you a Blockbuster membership because the Internet hasn't gotten up there uh, beyond dial up. So uh, you have a Blockbuster there and it looks great. Um, yeah. So uh, anything like that is a uh, fair game on Luke. Get me so a trashy please. family video membership. <laughs> exact trashy, please. Blockbuster was the creme de la creme. Hey, hey, hey. I have a fridge I, magnet from there. I, I Yeah, well, you know, Blockbuster didn't have the adults only section in the back like the quality family video. <laughs> yeah, the family videos and some other less than reputable ones had that back oh, room yeah. where back uh, room. Yeah. where uh, your unsavory uncle would always be like, "Stay in the kids section. I'll be right back." And you're like, Creepy "I know uncle. where." Yeah, it's just like I know where you're going. Why are you? Oh, why are gosh. you trying to fake it? So, oh. uh, but yeah, it's been a wild uh, start to the year uh, for us. So yeah, our hiatus went. Uh, no, unfortunately, it wasn't our uh, disillusionment with Formula no. One. No. Um, Although we do have strong opinions yeah, uh, that I think, you know, we should probably put to bed just straight up front. Yeah. Um, um, Luke, we've had some time to ruminate about yes. the ending in Abu Dhabi. Go just on. real quick so that we, because everybody's gone over it over the last month uh, ad nauseum. I'm, so I don't I'm giving think you, you 30 play. seconds starting now. Okay. Uh, Max is a fake champion. 
uh, Michael Massey installed him uh, by altering the uh, conditions and using the rules to what he saw fit rather than how uh, precedent was and how it should have been applied. And uh, Lewis was robbed. Now, do I think it has anything to do with racism? No, I don't. I think it has more to do with viewership and the fact that Drive to Survive is a big driver. And Max is a big star. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yep, so, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my position. That's 30 okay. seconds. I, I, I'm actually I think, not going to time you. Go for it. I think Lewis was jobbed. I will agree. Um, there was, there were break, you know, I think, you know, obviously there were internal rules and external rules that were broken and the, this is a motor race, blah, blah, blah. Well, you didn't adhere by the agreed upon standards of motor racing. You had the agreed upon standards of the rule and what is a sport? What is a governing body? If not able to, or if not willing to enforce their own rules when it comes to standard competition. And I will uh, say that, I I mean, I don't want to say he was installed, but I think that Massey saw an opportunity to make, headlines and he took it um so you know what uh you know that i think that's about it we're not we're not lewis fans i don't know how many times we have to say this we're good racing fans like we're not lewis fanboys last year you can go back and listen to our podcast we wanted anybody but lewis hamilton to win in fact we wanted max verstappen to win in in 2019 or in 2020 yeah i've never really been the biggest max guy i'm like literally anyone but max lewis If he beat Lewis in 2019 or 2020 for a title, I think we'd be not exactly elated, but we'd be much, we'd be very happy with how that shook out. We're not happy here. Uh, No, no, we're not. It's the way in which it was gone about. So, Tim, speaking of bad racing, I'm going to transition. All right. Yes. Let's talk about some good racing news, baby. Whew. There, there was, it's, it's our, uh, I think it's safe to say it's our, it was our favorite race of the year, right? Right. I was on the frozen lake bed. Watching an ice fishing tournament, but you better believe what I had in my pocket, what was in my earbuds. Mm, potentially, potentially risking his future family. He was out on a frozen tundra, uh, hey, hey, foraging, hey. foraging for his meals for the week. We uh, drove, so, ladies we and gentlemen, the trucks out there. It was fine. The trailers is, held up fine. The quads were fine. His uh, his commitment to uh, blending in with the locals uh, has gone very well. Yes. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, it was a, it was the 24 hours of Daytona and, uh, this year was a lot of fun. We had the return of the Wayne Taylor Acura, uh, right. as well as another entry with the Acura in the DPI class. Uh, we had probably some of the closest, ra- I mean, it was close last year, It was right? I think the, the BMW and the Porsche, the two Porsches were duking it out and we kept commenting on just how big that BMW was in the GT pro class. Yeah. Um, and this year it was just the two Porsches and, uh, to steal your line, boy, howdy, that was a fun race. That was incredible. Uh, Matthew Jaminet and, uh, Lawrence Van Thor went on at the GTD pro category, which the, look, the, the, the prototypes are the sexiest cars out there, but the, the GT classes, the GT Daytona classes, those are the ones that really put you on the edge of your seat year in and year out. Those are some of the best, best classes you'll ever see for racing, but yeah, it came down. The basically, you know, two Porsche 911 GT3 R's duking it out at the ends of, you know, 700 plus laps of racing. They finished 711 laps and Jamina and Van Thor went toe to toe. They ran into each other. But if you're only a Formula One viewer, that does not mean it was a dirty race. Uh, it was very good. It was respectful and it was pushing hard. But I think mean, there were bumpers into front bumpers into rear bumpers. 
they were, you know, hey, I'm going to push you a little to the left. I'm going to push you a little to the right. We're going to get right behind you and give you a little tap so that you go a little wide on your line. That was just textbook. That's what makes sports car racing great. And it's something that NASCAR really uh, hit on in the short tracks during its heyday was like, hey, you know what? Sometimes when you, when you have good racing, it's way more fun to be able to touch. And it gives you a fantastic racing like that. And I mean, Tim, I I know you enjoyed it as much as I did. It was just a bunch of fun to watch. It, and so uh, I was coming down with uh, the, the the Corona. I'm gonna find a different super uh, stupid ways to to or stupid things to call. Just call the it the Omegatron variant. The Omegatron. <laughs> The Omegatron variant. Although I do constantly sound like Barry White. It is great. If you guys uh, go listen to uh, 101 ESPN, uh, like some of the instant replays I'm on, and I I went about a month and I never said Omicron. I always said the the Omegod variant, uh, the Omicron, or no, with the Omegatron variant, um, the Onassis variant. I I said that for about a solid month. Anyway. Nice. Well, I'm going to keep on going with the Omegatron variant. Um, I got, I started to get sick Saturday. I was kind of feeling like crap. I just laid on the couch and watched the race and it was electric start to finish. And then the next day I really was sick. And so I just stayed in bed and watched. And, uh, my, my wonderful girlfriend who is nothing but supportive was rightly a little suspicious of me. Uh, being like, are you sure you're sick or is it because this awesome race is on? I'm like, okay, from your perspective, that's a solid maybe. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, it could, it could go either way, but I did test positive. So she couldn't really come down on me that hard, but, um, it was an absolute blast because even through the night, they were close. They were like, they, they started close. They, they continued close and they finished close and it was all of them. There were uh, I mean, the, I think the top six were separated by like 10 or 20 seconds uh, in the see. DPI class. Real quick here. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, and to the see classes were a runaway. Like I think the LMP three class at one point, it was like, you know, plus four laps, plus five laps, the guy in second place. But you know what? L- DPI, the LMP classes for the most part, the GT Daytona and the GT Daytona Pro, which by the way, the GT Daytona Pro is a new category this year. That's for professional only drivers. GT Daytona, you can have a professional driver, but I believe the rule is you have to have um, like w- at least one or two drivers that are uh, basically do this as a side hustle, right? So, right, but right. Uh, it was, I mean, the classes were fantastic. Tim, can we talk about um, a couple of our winners here real quick? Absolutely. Uh, the DPI class, first off, uh, big congratulations to Meyer Shank Racing. Uh, fantastic team. Of course, they're an IndyCar as well. And Elio Castroneves with the- Spider-Man uh, himself. Yeah, the number 60, Meyer Shank Racing, Acura DPI. Uh the spider can we talk about the resurgent year Elio Castroneves has had like because he he's won the 24 hours of Daytona twice and the Indy 500 in the Indy 500 in the calendar year the, uh, and wait what not just any Indy 500 he won his fourth which ties of course the all-time record which like was one of I, I would say the most special motorsports moments already of this young decade right yeah, like yeah. I, I would say that's that's the moment so far for me of this decade um, I, I, the only one that would rival, rival it is, is Lewis for the first time in forever losing the championship, but the way in which it went down made it less special. I'd say than Elio's fourth win. Um, I but, think, uh, I think Lewis's eighth championship will be sweet. 
um, yeah. if he comes back. But yeah. uh, and that that will rival uh, the Castro Neves renaissance uh, but, that we're seeing here because he is just out and out fast. He's an electric driver right now in everything. Also, like to shout out uh, 2019 Indy 500 champion in that number 60 DPI, Simon Pagano. All right, who of course will be switching teams this year. I mean, friend of the show, friend of the show. Um, oh, and while I'm going through this, uh, we have to mention what the title of this episode is. <laughs> um, with a good shout out to our boy Ricky Taylor, uh, who during the 24 hour broadcast, uh, said something about pooping on the NASCAR curve. Yep, and, which we all in unison, we had a text chain going, we're like, well, there's your. There's your comeback show title is pooping on the NASCAR turn. Exactly. We're going to take a poop on the NASCAR turn. Taking a poop uh, on the NASCAR turn. But, uh, I mean, it's just an incredible race. Uh, hey, shout out also LMP2 class winners, Pato Award and Colton Herta, right? I that mean, was so awesome to see. And Pat, they were both pretty active with the uh, broadcaster booth. Like, I think uh, Pato was in there for a good hour or two. Like he yeah. was in there for a while, uh, and they're they're all magnetic uh, when they sit in the booth, and to the point where I think Hinchcliffe should probably be a little bit uncomfortable and up his game because I mean the kids are coming. Hinchcliffe is Hinchcliffe is safe in the IndyCar booth uh, for replacing PT, I think, and uh, I mean like he can replace PT no problem to my like thought process, right? And uh, the thing is, is he can be uncomfortable, but you know, Pato Award and to Alex Polo, I'll tell you what, they they're not they're going to be on the track at IndyCar for a long, long time. <laughs> oh yeah, and they're um, going to be getting well unless a drive opens up. Yeah, uh, for for one Mister Pato Award, which exactly. keeps hinting that it might happen, but I'll believe it when I see it. It's the Bigfoot at this point, right? I I will believe it when I see it, but it it does sound. And here's another piece of news: it does sound like McLaren is uh, broadening. Uh, their yes. motorsport, as we all suspected, uh, as we've talked about kind of at, at length on this show. Uh, first and foremost, we saw uh, their first uh, GT uh, entry that looked r- really solid all uh, 24 hours. That was cool. But McLaren is also in talks to buy Mercedes Formula E outfit. So yeah. the current champion uh, team is probably selling to McLaren, which kind of gives champion being of course, Mercedes. So this is actually something to very much keep a, a watch on for you. Drive to survive fans. You form F1 exclusive fans. If Mercedes is leaving formula E, that is a statement as a whole. You can take that as a position, their position on racing. So something to keep an eye on, but anyway, McLaren is buying that team. Carry on Tim. Yes, they are buying that team. Uh, and, expanding their uh, ambitions you will absolutely see them uh in endurance racing and indycar and formula one uh for the foreseeable future it all looks very ambitious and very big uh and i couldn't be any more excited zach brown is taking the team and the company in a very exciting direction so that is very cool absolutely if you're pato award and you really want that drive in uh, in in a Formula One seat, I still think the move is not to follow this new seat. This is Formula E. Formula E, with all due respect, it's it's a fun enough series to watch, and I'll watch it on occasion. Is kind of a uh, it's more of a has been's market than IndyCar uh, was or is. You know, um, I don't think if you're Pato Award, this is the next step in your career. The next step for Pato Award to me 
if you're a McLaren fan, if you're an IndyCar fan, if you're a Formula One fan, he's got to win the championship, which he's perfectly capable of doing. But that's his next step. So don't look at an IndyCar to Formula E transition just yet. Uh, I think that would be a, a sideways step at best. Tim? I completely agree. Uh, I think Pato's next step is uh, Formula One or bust. And to be honest, uh, with what he's probably going to be making, it's probably going to be bust because I don't see, given the talent that's coming up through the ranks and given uh, the talent that is currently uh, log jamming uh, Formula One in the grid as it stands, I can't really see anybody, you know, moving around for Pato, which is sad because I think he deserves to... Uh, you know, test his metal against the absolute best. This that is- being said, I don't. That being said, I do think, um, I do think that it'll be interesting to see, uh, what happens from here, uh, with Pato and with uh, actually all that talent moving around because they're starting to see that oh, Formula One doesn't have to be the be all end all, while uh, it's it tries to maintain its. Uh, status as the premier motorsport in the world. Yeah, uh, this is the same thing that I think Alex Alexander Rossi hit, and I think Pato Award's going to hit the same thing, which is he might have a door open to return to Formula One at some point, but it'll be a very small door. Right. A you know you can go to Haas and be the number two seat door. And even then, Haas will probably toss you out when a high-paying, you know, billionaire comes through and wants his son to race. And I think that he is going to have to make that choice eventually, as Rossi did, and as you know, some people are, are bound to do as IndyCar continues to bolster kind of its driver pool. Of do I want to be number twenty in the number one series, or do I want to be going for like a Hall of Fame level career? in the 1a series right because it's i don't i wouldn't say indycar is like the number two series you have 1a and 1b right it's like a good goaltending tandem tandem and i just i i think for pato if i'm him personally financially financially you're going to make more money in formula one now but i think a longer career will be had in IndyCar and a longer career leads to more post-racing opportunities for this, that, and the other, right? Pato Award is a guy who could maybe get in the booth and that's a great post-racing career opportunity. Formula One, I'm not sure, you know, a guy who's there for what? He's going to be there for what, two years, Tim? I mean, let's be realistic. If Pato Award came up now and he was on the back half of the field, how long is, does he have a career there? Even if he's a very talented driver. Not long. He is on the older side for F1 drivers. He's been testing with McLaren, which, you know, has been, you know, ruffling some feathers and thinking, oh, there's a new kid that's trying to bust in. He doesn't have the super license points, which I think is kind of an archaic system that we should probably take another look at with. I think they need to take a look at how specifically they score IndyCar. If I'm not mistaken, scoring IndyCar is less, you score less points there than a Formula 2 feeder which I understand that feeder is, you know, a feeder series for Formula One, but IndyCar is very much the, it takes more talent to succeed in IndyCar than Formula Two, you know? Correct. That's, yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I I just, I don't know. I think, I think it'll be interesting to see how McLaren moves him around. Mm 
because um, they also could be trying to showcase him as a as a trade piece to see, okay, our guy's going to drive for you. It could be a Total Wolf shrewd move, yeah. like with Nick DeVries, uh, you know, Esteban Ocon. Toto t- yeah. tends to move his things around, and it looks like Zach is pulling one out of his book. So yeah. that'll be interesting. Um, here, here, by the way, uh, I have the I have the pull up for the point system for the FIA Super License, right? And uh, you have to have uh, what is it? You have to have uh, I think it's a hundred points, right? Or let's see, da, 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 da. yeah, you have to have a certain amount number of points. But the important thing is, is that FIA Formula Two first place you get forty points, second place anywhere in the top three you get forty points in the Formula Two series, right? Yeah. Then you get. 30 for fourth place, 20 for fifth place, 10 for six, eight, six, four, and then three points for 10th place, right? Yep. IndyCar, you get 40 points. So if you win either, it's the same. But IndyCar, second is 30 points, third is 20 points, fourth is 10, and then it's eight, six, four, three, two, one. So finishing second in IndyCar, according to this point system, is equivalent of to finishing fourth in Formula Two. And I would say second in IndyCar is a hundred times more difficult than finishing second in Formula Two, uh, or finishing second in IndyCar is a hundred times more difficult than fourth in Formula Two. Or, um, you know, finishing eighth in IndyCar is way harder. That's a multi-million-dollar driver than finishing tenth in Formula Two. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah, it it, it needs to be looked at. Um, Tim, it does. It needs to be reevaluated because, you know, it's just the fairness and the the level of competition, this, I think, is this, too high. This might have been a little closer to fair during the great IndyCar split when IndyCar was had some real lean years. Um, you know, I, yeah. I think I, it might have been there, but I think it is in need of revision uh, now that IndyCar is kind of in a very strong position right now. Um Interestingly enough, you could win the NASCAR Cup Series and uh, you can grab 15 points, which pays you more than winning Formula 4. 15 points is, is winning NASCAR Cup Championship is uh, five more points than uh, sixth place in the FIA Formula 2 Championship. Nice. Which again, I would argue the NASCAR Cup Series driver that wins the, the Cup Series, I would argue that's a way better driver than whoever's doing sixth in Formula 2. Because Formula 2 is really top-heavy. It, it <laughs> is. It is extremely top-heavy. So it would be cool to see him kind of transfer elsewhere and maybe spread oh, the wealth a little bit. Maybe. But um, that so, is not the only thing in the Formula 1 world that we should yes. probably touch on. Yeah. Go, um, go uh, it looks like uh, there is a, well, let, let's call it a pissing match between okay. the FIA and Mercedes. Um, yeah. Mercedes agreed as long as there was a special panel convened and uh, the FIA has to be said uh, issued a how do I how do I word this politely uh, uh, I'm not putting an explicit tag say what you will just a shitty press release saying you know yep. oh well you know we don't think there was anything wrong but we'll do this and so Mercedes dropped their legal appeal thing is in a normal court the FIA would lose and the FIA knows it. So the so Mercedes did them a solid, but Mercedes gave up their leverage. Mercedes has found new leverage in the form of a threat that yeah. Lewis Hamilton may retire. Uh, so the FIA has made mention that they are going to convene uh, either March 13th or 18th. Um, I can't remember which. I apologize. Uh, but uh, that it will be uh, decided then what will happen moving forward. Which, um, oh, no, yeah, it's uh, the findings and changes uh, would then have to be approved by the World Motorsport Council on March 18th, the final day 
of the 2022 season opening Bahrain GP weekend. And the FIA is calling Mercedes bluff and saying, hey, listen, you know, if you don't want your, we're not going to make a decision uh, about Michael Massey, which is the head that Mercedes wants. Make no mistake about it. Mercedes wants him gone. And it doesn't sound like they are too against it with the FIA, but they also don't want to be seen as weak against Mercedes. Yeah. So they're calling their bluff here a little bit. Um, but uh, it's, it's worth new- mentioning too, more notes. Uh, yeah. You're just about to hit it. Mohammed bin Suleyem is the new head of the FIA. Um, this is testing him. And I, there were a lot of things that were said when a new guy was appointed head of FIA. Some of them were um, pretty racist. Thank you, Twitter. Uh, but Muhammad bin Sulayem comes in. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, he comes in with a lot of experience. And I trust, I find him to be generally trustworthy until he proves it otherwise, right? As with any incoming FIA director. But uh, it's, I don't think he was happy with the result of Michael Massey and the way that was handled even as he was incoming. If you look at some of the quotes that he had, he said, you know, we'll be looking into it, et cetera. Um, it's, it's important to note too, he's a racer, right? Like he raced right. for a while. Uh, he actually founded, uh, what is it? The Abu Dhabi, yeah, the Desert Challenge Race in 1991. And they've been having a successful rally for, you know, now 20, uh, 30 years. Uh, he's a racer's racer. And I think that while this is, you know, a pissing match, I do think that Mercedes goals and Sulayim's goals generally align. I don't think Masi is going to be Sulayim's choice. Uh, no, and neither do I. And if anything that indicates that, uh, the new uh, uh, Mohammed bin Sulayim's new uh, single-seater chief, Peter Bayer, indicated that uh, – Michael Massey could and probably will be replaced and have his role reimagined as part of the governing body's response to the 2021 season finale. It's not it's not sitting well with a whole lot of people how no. this went down. And I don't Further think back. there's any driver that I've been able to see any driver whatsoever. I mean, you see the hardcore Max fans that are, you know, saying, oh, you're a bunch of crybabies. No, we're fans of sport. And that wasn't sport. That was artificial. Yeah, so, sport, the beauty of sports is <coughs> when it's unpredictable, but unpredictability has to come under a set of rules. Otherwise, we're just playing Calvin Ball, right? right. And that was a Calvin Ball kind of move um, that, again, again, nothing against the driving that Max did. He ran a perfect race um, that was given to him, right? Like the strategy that was there, he ran it perfectly. He drove fantastically, but you can't just break the rules to, 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 to set up a situation in which that happens. And if you're max, it's like, well, I, I'm, if I'm in the position, max is I take advantage of it and I go, well, I'm the champion. Now, right. Like you have to do that. I, I don't fault him at all for that, but you know, you I, know I don't how. fault him, but at the same time, it's all a bit much considering he didn't win it. He was yeah. given it. And yeah, but I don't know, think has max hasn't been very mouthy about it though. So uh, I don't, well, I don't know. I'll disagree because I, I, the press stuff he's been doing about, yes, I'm going to be, you know, using the number one, which hasn't been used in a very long time. I'll be, you know, switching up my helmet to have a whole lot more gold prominent and, you know, the number one huge on the back of my helmet. And he, you know, I, it's all a bit distasteful. Um, you know, considering I just, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't sit well with me the way, 
the things shook out and I get that Red Bull is not going to see anything wrong with it. And in our current uh, climate of how we treat each other in uh, our general day-to-day interactions, I don't see this being anything more than a flashpoint between people because it's one of two things. There is no room for nuance. It's either you're a hundred percent pro max or you're a hundred percent pro Lewis and it can't be anything in between. Now I happen to be on the hundred percent pro Lewis thing because of Michael Massey's interference. And I mean, other than that, Lewis had that in the bag. Max was soundly beaten. He was 20 or 30 seconds down the road. Like yeah. it wasn't, it was not close. And to, to turn it around and give it to him and then say, we hadn't had a motorsport race just, you know, screams yeah. of someone that needs to get punched in the face and demoted. Hey. Uh, Michael Massey has risen to the level of his incompetence and he needs to mm-hmm. be replaced. I, I would agree. I just, I think Mohammed bin Sulayem, I think he's going to do the right thing. His general demeanor, his track record is pretty. He, you saw, like I said, you saw some racist things when he was up there, but if you look at it, the things that he's done really do point to him being a good head of the FIA, uh, president of the FIA, right? Um, by the way, here we go. Uh, he was very, very crucial in the Abu Dhabi GP. And in 2013, he was on the, uh, what is it? The task force. Yeah. So the task force for growth, strategic growth and development or something like that. Um, so like from 2013 to now, the ways that Formula one has grown, he's had a hand in that Abu Dhabi, which we don't like the track, but that's not his doing, but the event, I think we all agree. The event is pretty spectacular, right? Anyway, Tim, uh, let's transition to some other news, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, let's, uh, I, I want to mention NASCAR a bit here. Now, Tim, both you and I, neither of us are huge NASCAR guys, but there's a couple interesting things happening there outside of even the uh, the, the inaugural race at Worldwide Technology Raceway, which I do plan on being at uh, as of right now. Uh, so the LA Coliseum, uh, you guys may remember that if you're kind of sports and general fans, um, USC plays there. It was the Olympic venue for the last LA Olympics will be the Olympic venue for the upcoming LA Olympics. NASCAR put down a track there <laughs> uh, and they're going to race in a football stadium, Bowman Gray stadium style. And uh, they said that uh, the next gen cup car, uh, which they've debuted now, um, they they're going to race there and it's going to be a very low speed kind of race. They're going to have a uh, pit lane that kind of surrounds the entire thing. They said uh, it'll be a quarter mile oval inside. And uh, they said it's interesting. It'll be kind of a push and shove kind of match. Uh, they don't anticipate it's going to be too much damage to the next gen cup cars, which have had some question marks on, uh, on the da- amount of damage that could be done before the start of the new season. This is an exhibition race, but anyway, Tim, I thought that was noteworthy. I think that's going to be an interesting spectacle. Um, I completely agree. Yeah. And seeing it in a football stadium kind of harkens to the Mexico City stadium going through a baseball yep. stadium. So that that's very cool on NASCAR's part. Of all the gimmicks that they've come up with the last couple of years, that is my favorite. Yeah, this and I, th- I do think the dirt race at Bristol, if it wasn't so terribly rainy, would have been a really cool race. Um, and then, uh, hey, check this out. Now entering the Daytona. <laughs> 500 is the money team number 50 Chevrolet owned by Floyd Mayweather, Tim. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing Tim, for that. Tim, I want you to pull up, just, just pull up your, your Googles, your Google machine. All right. And Google the money team racing and just find the picture of the car, because this is the most Fortnite car I've ever seen. Okay. This, it okay. looks like a Fortnite skin. 
Um, it's sponsored by Pit Viper because, of course, it is. <laughs> the, the rear pumper says, Pit Viper, demand respect and authority. <laughs> is that is it the is it the purple fading to red and yellow with yes. like neon green on the top? Yes. Yeah, that looks like something that you would see in like Cruising USA back when we were all kids. That looks like a terrible. It's not livery. a pretty car. That is an ugly it's, car. Money Team Racing. I mean, what what's money about it? The fact that you want to put money in the middle and burn it? Well, it's Floyd Mayweather. So Floyd Money Mayweather, the richest athlete of all time. Lord help us. Uh, so it's the Money Team. You know, he's Money Mayweather. He's a boxer. Come on. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. If you're taking on fights with Jake Paul. Hey, hey, hey. It was an exhibition bout. So according to the official press release, he has a perfect 50-0 and record. <laughs> right. And there definitely wasn't a, a no knockout clause or a whole bunch of shenanigans that yeah. the Paul brothers do. That doesn't happen. P.S. I will happily. I am not a fight guy. So Luke and uh, Dylan have both tried to get me into fighting. I just don't get it. But I promise I will be the first to buy pay-per-view of whoever legitimate boxer is going to just knock the transmission out of Logan Paul. I will thing, happily watch that. The sad thing is, is that the last Paul brother fight, um, what's I forget if it's Logan or Jake, but uh, they, he actually legitimately knocked that guy out. Like that was a legit knockout. And I was like, oh, no, well, that, yeah, means that, he's, that he's guy is actually <laughs> Tyrone Woodley has actually come yeah. out and said uh, he took a dive. What? Yeah. No. Yep. That was not a legit knockout. He dropped his guard intentionally when he was given a signal and he sold it. And to be honest with you, that makes sense. And all their contracts are rigged. And then you got Dana this White is now a calling fight out podcast. and saying, this it is, is now fight a fight podcast. podcast. But I will say, whoever can knock that guy out, please, I'll watch it at oh, that point. It. Oh, do um, it. Please. Speaking of uh, speaking of new races and new places, uh, yes. Oh, that's a nice little phrase. New races and new places. Yeah. F one uh, is apparently trying to be where I was. Uh, let's see, two weeks ago today, and uh, they want to copy me and they want to come over to Las Vegas. Is what their claim is? Is that the F one, according to Adam Stern, is very close. Maybe midway this year, they'll announce a new race in Las Vegas on the streets of Las Vegas which is interesting for a couple of reasons. First off, uh, like halfway through the F1 iceberg is that 19, uh, what is it? 1996 Caesars Palace? It's the Caesars Palace Grand Prix, right? Where that took place in the Caesars Palace parking lot. And that was that the was Vegas Grand Prix. It was just terrible. so apocalyptically bad. The trouble was, was, was the heat. I've um, seen better cart tracks design than that, you know? Yeah, it was a poor not, design. Not, but Not but cart a, tracks, like family fun center go-kart tracks to top out at 20 mile per hour. I've seen better design tracks there. Oh, I completely agree. But the thing, the, the bigger problem by a country mile was the heat. Everything yeah. was just melting. Uh, you know, drivers were passing out in the heat. So, you know, Singapore's got nothing yeah. <clears throat> on Las Vegas in the middle of the day, which is what they did. Um, they're, they're, it's going to have to be a night race, no matter what they do. I don't know what the course will be, but that'll be interesting. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, actually Luke, this is something I did want to talk about for our first show of the year, yeah. um, that I figured would be a lot of fun and I am completely springing this on you, but before they go announcing all the new places they're going to go and all the new things they're going to do and all the, you know, new ways they're going to find to kill the teams and all their personnel and, you yes. know, any semblance of work-life balance, um, 
which track are you most excited to return to this year from pre-pandemic times? Oh, let's see. Let's because take... we there are some of our favorites that we haven't been to in two or three years. So let's see. The F1 2022 schedule. Uh, I am going to say, uh, without looking at it, I'm going to immediately say Japan. Japan doesn't always give us the best races, races, but I just love that track. Suzuka um, is a premier Suzuka. track. I'm, I'm going, I'm looking, I'm looking Canada, Canada and more Canada. That's my answer. <laughs> I was going to say Canada as well. Uh, I enjoy um, Canada and I, but I do enjoy Suzuka and Melbourne. We haven't been there. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, I don't really enjoy Melbourne because of the track. I it's enjoy Melbourne because it, exactly. It, it's they, the they drive season. around and it's a perfect, like, oh, a winter thaw down under. Yeah. It looks great. And it's fun to see everybody kind of getting used to each other. Which, by the way, they've reprofiled that, that track to make it a little more overtakey. Um, I want to get back real quick to the yeah. Vegas GP, all right, because there's a little bit of history that I have insider sources with. Uh, on the Vegas GP, and I think that whatever the track design is, one, people go, well, it's going to be very, um, how do we say this? It's going to be a very boxy car because it's all on a grid, and while you're boxy track because it's all on a grid, and while you're right, there's a lot of like open little par- parking lots for you to do some hairpins and some S's in. So that's not the problem. The problem is I think people are going to be extremely disappointed by the amount that this race is actually on the strip, Tim. I think you're going to see like 300 meters on the strip, if that, because a little bit of, uh, of backstory, I have a source who was actually in the Vegas racing scene back in the nineties when Bernie got that bright idea, that little glint in his eye to go, we should have a race in Las Vegas down the strip. Right. Which sounds fantastic. Right. And I think, you know, who my source is, Tim, but anyway, um, according to sources, what happened was was he came to the the hotel owners right and he said hey we should have a race down the strip now what this will now what this will need is for us to shut down the strip to driving and foot traffic because you can't have people just walking next to the f1 track without paying for a ticket right there's and you can't have traffic on the race track right like this is obvious stuff right The problem is, Tim, is that uh, the Las Vegas Strip is made up of several hotels and casinos, right? In fact, I'm Googling the number of hotels, of casinos on the Strip. I'm willing to bet it's about 30. Yeah, so like how many casinos are on the Las Vegas Strip? Yeah, around 30 casinos, okay? Every one of them makes 3 to $5 million a day roughly off of foot traffic. So let's start doing the math, and suddenly you're seeing three times 30, yet you're going to see about need to pay out about $90 million just for those casinos to break even in terms of just the casino money, let alone the hotel money, which they will be making money from, but they will be losing money in other places, right? Bernie didn't want to pay $90 million to just the landowners that were on the strip. So... The same thing applies today, right? Where does Las Vegas make most of its money? Tim? I don't know. That would be the casinos and every other entertainment, oh, right? Adele God. shows, uh, Cosmopolitan, the City Center Mall, the the the, fount- the shops at the Bellagio, you know, the, the forum shops, you know? I that could have sworn it was going to be the sex workers. Well, you know, that's not until you get off of Fremont. But anyway, 
the, the problem here is that wherever you pass by, you're going to have to figure out how to shut down effectively, right? And then you're going to have to pay that casino. So it behooves Formula One to shut down as little of the strip as possible while still being able to market work on the strip and get those kind of money shots. Do you see sure. what I'm saying here? Oh, yeah, totally. So I'm willing to bet that whatever this, the design is, which I saw some fake designs. There's a parking lot kind of behind Planet Hollywood. If you're pulling up Google's Maps, you can use that kind of area, go up, hit the Bellagio, hit a loop around. But I'm willing to bet, honestly, Tim, and I think you'll agree, you're going to hit 300 to 400 meters of this track are actually going to be on the strip, just enough to get some pretty shots, and that's about it. And you know what? That it is dis- While it is disappointing – it would be a big money maker to the point where we might oh. be able to narrow the season a little bit and maybe have better racing because teams aren't spread so thin. If we can have I'm, a big money maker like that, it'd be great. I'm, 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 whatever it is, I'm, I want to get tickets. I have relatives in the area uh, who I stayed with two weeks ago. Like literally, I have a lot of family there um, that live there. They're locals, and uh, I would go visit them and go to the race, but. Yeah, it's going to be a big moneymaker. It's very easy to get to, which is a big thing because how many places fly to Austin, Texas compared to Las Vegas, you oh, know? Yeah, the the traffic alone, the tourism would be just hilarious. You can't shut down McCarran, but if you could, an airport circus circuit could funnel right onto the Strip because McCarran is, I mean, it abuts the Strip if you've ever been there. So that'd be interesting. Anyway, so I just thought I'd, I'd take you down a little stroll down information and history lane, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I just think, I think that's interesting is that if they found a way to do it, that means that they're not paying off as many casinos as they thought, which means it's going to be not off the Strip, but not as on the Strip as you thought it might be, right? Yeah. Um, Generally. Other, other racing news, uh, SRX, you remember SRX, right? Uh, last year was Tony Stewart's kind of race of champions with uh, even cars, actually randomly assigned cars per week. And uh, they visited kind of short tracks around America. And uh, would you look at this, Five Flags Speedway, South Boston, Stafford Motor Speedway, uh, which they visited last year, National Fairgrounds they visited last year. But look at this. I-55 Raceway, Tony Stewart, good old smoke, is coming to Peavely, Missouri, which, of course, Tim, is about 40 miles south of where you are right now. It's a, it's a, yes. it'll, it'll be a fun that, little, fun little event. It, it'll be a fun little event, and, you know, hey, more traffic to Peavely is always good. Yeah. Um, I think you'll be shocked at the turnout in Peavely. Um, Peavely sells, like, 24,000 tickets to the World of Outlaws race. They're, they're good, good people. I was going to say, they are legit race fans, and I think... You know, the Midwest is a is a severely underserved market, and yeah. I'm excited for the world to get to kind of see that um, with that coming up. Uh, yeah, it'll be a ton of fun. Peebley's a fast little track. It's a ton. It's It'll be a good time. Good time. It'll be a great time. It'll be a great time. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, uh, we have Lamont coming up with a new hypercar class. Uh, yes. The Peugeot and the uh, Valkyrie have to do an additional uh, endurance race to qualify for Lamont so that, yes. that the French authorities are not just going to let them pitch up and say, here's our big new car. Ha ha ha. No. Daytona because Daytona is the goat. <laughs> Daytona is the goat. But um, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, Sebring uh, probably be on their uh, warm up race list. Yep. Um, I did think it was really cool how the bus stop chicane at Daytona was renamed the Le Mans chicane. Which, by the way, if you didn't notice, they painted blue and yellow curbs so that... So cool. Yep. Um, it's such a little touch, but it's like, yeah. oh, you you talk about the shared heritage of all the races, and it's just Moulson a lot of fun. But then Mulsanne 1 
is now uh is or uh, yeah mulsanne one is now the daytona curve the daytona chicane and i can't uh, wait to, to see it just to i mean I, you get used to the dunlop you get used to the mulsanne straight and then you think the daytona oh this is cool we're sharing some of our history that's you know together like it's, it's one of the few places we can get together and have genuine competition where we aren't at each other's throats yeah the two races that kind of hold that title of the 24 the endurance kings i think it's so cool that those two places are kind of you know not only are they both uh very instrumental in making sure that the lmdh uh, when it gets off the ground the le mans daytona hybrid is a successful program but like it's just it's so cool to me to watch them be like no we can get along here you know like we you mean the le mans daytona uh hypercar yes that's what i meant i just what did i say hybrid yeah anyway. that's yeah, okay but- yeah, but like the, it's so cool to me to see like it doesn't have to be, um, how we phrase it earlier, a pissing match. <laughs> exactly. It, yeah, it doesn't have to be a pissing pissing match, and it is kind of fun. And I will say, I think I like the Peugeot better than I like the Valkyrie. I do too. That I was about to bring up. Have you seen how hot that Peugeot is? Oh my god! Like the it's French hot. crushed it. That thing oh. looks sexy. The all, Holy! It's all black. Is it? It's is all right black. Now. It's got oh. blades for brake lights. I mean, that looks like it's straight out of Blade Runner. It's so cool, dude. That, that is so literally cool. what my girlfriend Christina said. That looks like it's from Blade Runner, which is hilarious because she's never actually seen that movie. <laughs> it's a, it is a point of contention with us. It's a well-known fact that half the things from Blade Runner aren't actually from Blade, from Blade Runner, but you know. <laughs> it's awesome. Just leave it, it alone. So cool. It's got that kind of cyberpunk feel and i i think it's just absolutely electric to look at i cannot wait to see it go for 24 hours i pray that it makes it all 24 hours um, because this is the shoot for the moon and or 12 hours at uh, at sebring because both are about as equally challenging (laughs) they are sebring is a a very unforgiving course yeah. Um, you know, and heck, even even Daytona was a little uh, rough this year because it was uh, I think another big thing that we should probably talk about was the temperature. It was so much colder this year. It was, it was I have a, degrees colder. My brother, Nick, um, is now in Jacksonville, Florida, which isn't too far from Daytona. And uh, he was colder than I was. And I was on a frozen lake. <laughs> like That's just disgusting. I was I was 26, 27 degrees, but I was nice and bundled up. He didn't have any winter gear. And he was in 30. So <laughs> that's just, no um, yeah, Daytona was brutally cold. And I think this is the first year where I've ever been like, I'm glad I wasn't there. I think we all yeah, came to that conclusion sitting on our couches, nice and warm or in a hut, freezing yeah. our balls off. Um, hey, I wasn't in a hut. I was in a trailer or outside. It was fine. None of that makes it better. And now you're just opening the door for me to make trailer jokes. Well, we have a mobile broadcasting studio and a trailer that we can take to, uh, like, it's like a soundproof kind of like recording studio on wheels. That's kind uh, of, we, that's super awesome, actually. I know, right? I'll send you pictures. but uh, That'd be great, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so it was, uh, it was like, it, it was so cold there is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, yeah. Props to the teams for making it through. Not everyone did, so they started dropping like flies. They, they did, and I think the fatigue also, I don't know if the if the temperature made like a correlation, but like there were some, some wrecks, the LMP2 class and the LMP3 class, where it's like, you just ran out of talent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the LMP3, shoo. 
I mean, it was this everywhere. was one of the best crops of drivers I've ever seen. And also the LMP3 class was there. Let me say that. <laughs> well, that was a lot of gentlemen drivers who yeah. made their fortunes and then spent a fortune trying to drive in that race and achieve their youth. I think there was one gentleman who uh, actually drove in the DP DPI class and then went down to the LMP2 class. And he was a gentleman driver. And I my see. hat's off to him. I can't remember what his name was. But I consider he was clearly... myself fairly, um, fairly well versed in uh, in drivers, right? And I think you are as well. Um, I'm looking at the list of LMP3 drivers. Gabby Chavez, I recognize him. Um, I, I wouldn't say that he's like the greatest driver of all time, but he's okay. Uh, Jarrett Andretti. Um, I don't know. <laughs> say hey say what up to my boy over there uh yeah, i was gonna say i'll i'll, I'll say that, hello sorry everyone uh in listener land that is my dog uh Ch actually two of my dogs chance and clarence getting very upset at my neighbors for parking so oh my gosh. Um, how do they park how do I they know, park? right i know so what? uh but i apologize but get used to it ladies and gents uh with our current uh situation you'll be hearing from them more official uh animals of the formation lap it's all right. It's all right. You know what? We're going to leave it in. There are the official mascots. Gabby, Gabby Chavez and Jared Andretti are the only drivers whose name I recognize in the LMP3 category, despite recognizing, I'd say, probably half the field at this point. Like, I, I know eh, 35, 40% of the field. I'd say I know one driver in LMP3. <laughs> uh, I think that's mostly. And that, like, the LMP3, it was all the Oreca team, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that that was mostly where the hey, I paid a whole lot of money, let me in, let type me drive. Yeah. yeah, so but, uh, I think other than that, though, uh, it was a good weekend. It's good to be back, Tim. I think we're gonna wrap things up. No, I completely agree, sir. And hey, it's been fun. It's, it's good been to be fun. back. It's good I'll to be... talk to the ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's good to talk to you as well, Tim. Likewise, sir. You know that, right? It, it has been strange not talking to you every week. Like, I walk no. around the house, and Christina's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm not talking to my buddy. I don't know what to do. We've been we've been keeping in touch, but, you know, part of the part of the delay was I just wanted to make sure I got a, a week into um, into this job, and this is uh, Tuesday, so I've been here for eight days now. Uh, the job has been for eight uh, working days and uh so you know what uh i was in vegas so i we took the break and then i knew i had to move and then i before i even moved i went to vegas and i flew directly from vegas to minneapolis as uh, you do as you do yeah <laughs> we went from about 72 degrees to i think one so <laughs> well and the other thing is your shenanigans with traveling over the last 12 months has got to stop the whole, you know, flying down to Texas to get to St. Louis faster is crazy. And, no, and, no, you no. Know, I flying flew to, to Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. That, that's just crazy. Hey, but uh, I'll yeah. tell you what, man. Like, I love my shenanigans. I'm still with the Midwest Drag Racing Series. They'll take me back to St. Louis in uh, in June. And uh, I, I'm i going to be traveling uh, motorsports announcing this summer as well. That's not going to stop. We're going to have more shenanigans than ever on the Formation Lap Podcast. We will talk to you guys next week. See ya!